You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, brought to you by Xmark Manufacturing. 30 years of pioneering spirit and innovation have resulted in legendary durability, all-day comfort, and unmatched cut quality. Go check them out at xmark.com. You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now, here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 354, entitled, Choosing the Right Rig for Your Lawn Care Business. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week, and of course, for those questions and comments and the feedback that you guys have been sending through, I really do appreciate that. Well, uh, if you're, hopefully you guys are all uh, into full swing uh, in your lawn care businesses. I know that uh, there has been some uh, bits of uh, winter weather hitting uh, certain parts uh, of North America, just kind of sporadic, uh, weird April uh, winter uh, little storms here and there. Uh, that can be uh, quite frustrating uh, if you're really uh, trying to get, uh, uh, you know, into your uh, lawn business after a long uh, winter uh, break off. Uh, so hopefully uh, that, uh, you know, if you're still going through those little uh, uh, sections of winter, that uh, that uh, will clear up uh, quickly and you can get to uh, uh, mowing those uh, lawns and getting out there. For me, uh, it's full swing right now. Uh, the Weather has been strange in terms of uh, uh, still a very, very wet uh, spring. Not that it's not normally wet, but uh, just seems like a lot more rain uh, than usual. Uh, we've had some uh, little breaks here and there, so I've been able to get out there and uh, you know get out uh, doing some aerating and all that sort of stuff as well. Uh, not that uh, rain would stop me, uh, as you guys probably know uh, by now, uh, doing any sorts of uh, stuff uh, out there. Uh, although, uh, I will admit as I get older, uh, I get a bit more, uh, crankier, I would say, uh, when it comes to wet weather and, uh, uh, not so much, uh, enjoying, uh, being out in the rain as I used to, uh, where it used to not bother me at all. Now it just kind of is a bit frustrating that uh, it just seems to be always, uh, raining. Uh, but I think that's just more, uh, like I said, of, uh, just, uh, with age, just getting older and stuff, uh, kind of uh, get uh, getting into that uh, sort of cranky old man type stage. Uh, but uh, yeah, other than that, uh, this uh, even today was a pretty uh, uh, you know good day in terms of uh, getting out there. I was doing a, a bunch of aerating, putting some uh, lime and fertilizer down, and it was like sort of that full uh, swing of uh, you know what I refer to as uh, you know being the ice cream man for adults. You know when uh, people hear the machines, uh, they come uh, out to, to investigate and uh, to start asking. You I had two uh, doing one lawn. Uh, during that same lawn uh, that I was aerating, I had two neighbors come out and ask me uh, for quotes on uh, weekly lawn maintenance. Uh, just uh, one right next door and another one uh, two doors down from that. So uh, yeah, it's uh, just uh, rocking and rolling, uh, as they say here uh, in the Pacific Northwest, uh, in terms of uh, the lawn care season. Uh, so uh, out there enjoying that. And uh, another thing that I was enjoying today, actually, uh, ironically, uh, that arrived on Friday was my new Cujo Yardware Jags. Have you guys seen these, uh, sh new, uh, shoe offerings, uh, from Cujo Yardware? Uh, if you haven't, I would, uh, implore you to go and check them out. Uh, they are very, very cool. So, uh, I'm a big fan of Cujo Yardware, as you guys are probably uh, well aware of, uh, with their very first initial offering, the Cujo Yardware, uh, their shoe, uh, that they uh, initially came out with 
and it has evolved over the years. Uh, uh, so this is a shoe that is developed uh, specifically for doing uh, lawn mowing, uh, yard work, uh, landscaping, that sort of stuff. So their initial shoe uh, basically is to give you a nice, uh, durable shoe uh, with some good grip on wet lawns and that sort of stuff, have some uh, water resistance on them, uh, and uh, you know, just be a shoe that's all around, uh, you know, designed for uh, mowing. Uh, they're breathable, uh, like I said, yet water resistant uh, to a certain extent. And, uh, you know, they're supposed to, um, were designed uh, basically after like a, a sneaker. Uh, and, uh, you know, for years and years and years, you know, ever since I started my business, I have always worn some type of boot, uh, usually some like a hiking boot or something like that. Try to find something that's waterproof. And inevitably, they always uh, let me down at some point. Uh, they always start to rip, always in the same spots. I try different brands, different things, and uh, always have an issue with uh, how fast uh, they wear out. Uh, usually don't last uh, more than a season, sometimes uh, a lot less than a season. Uh, then, you know, I switched those, uh, Cujo Yardwares and, uh, the shoes initially, and, uh, they were fantastic. Uh, they did have some, uh, initial issues, uh, with the heel wearing out on the inside, uh, after a year or so, but the outside, like, they didn't tear or come apart from the, uh, sole or anything like that. So I was like a true believer after that. And the other nice thing was that, uh, they were, you know, basically like a sneaker so it was a lot light uh, a lot lighter than what i was used to the other issue that i've always had is every time i wear boots it doesn't matter what type of boots i wear um whether it's like a rain boot or a hiking boot or something like that uh snow boots uh my right foot always gives me issues. It, I don't know what it is. Uh, it's sort of like the toes kind of cramp up or something happens. Uh, but, um, you know, I can usually get away with putting on boots for maybe a day. But if I get into like a second day, about halfway through that second day, uh, then it almost, like I can barely even walk uh, at times, uh, depending on the, the boot. Uh, and then, you know, if I throw on like sneakers or something, then I'm completely fine. So I'm not sure what it is with my right foot it just does not like boots doesn't matter the brand doesn't matter uh you know what it is right so going to the Cujo yard shoe uh really really helped me with that uh just being able to um you know be able to uh comfortably uh, wear them the other thing too is that early on uh, I've mentioned it as well, you know, having issues and dealing with things like uh, gout and stuff like that. And having boots was always tough to get your foot uh, into the boot if I was uh, going through a, a gout attack and, and, you know, having to get to work. Like, who's you got to keep mowing the lawns uh, regardless. So I would just take some painkillers and just go through it. Uh, so uh, the yard shoe was a little bit easier to get on and off because uh, of not having sort of that sort of high top uh, sort of, uh, you know, look to it, right? So it was a lot easier to just kind of slip my foot into a shoe with the laces undone and all that sort of stuff to get in there. Um, so, uh, yeah, that helped a lot earlier on. Now, uh, as the years have gone by, I've uh, uh, you know lost a, a bunch of weight, uh, like I talked about, uh, I think, in a previous episode. Uh, let you guys uh, know that during the pandemic that I lost about 60 pounds. Uh, and that really helped uh, with the gout attacks, uh, made them almost uh, completely uh, not an issue anymore. Uh to the t fact that I haven't had a gout attack since I lost all that weight. So, uh, and was able to get off gout uh, medication and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, you know, that not so much of an issue now with, uh, uh in terms of, uh, the shoe, but the shoe did help uh, in that respect versus boots. Uh, then along came the, uh, Cujo Yardware, the, uh, uh, X1 landscape boot. And I thought I would give those a shot as well. Uh, with the uh, Cujo Yardwear shoe, uh, they were very comfortable and, uh, you know, I still love them. Uh, but the issue was uh, that nasty rain in the Pacific Northwest that, that, uh, you know, the Cujo Yardwear shoe, they were water resistant. They had a lot of breathable areas. And by the end of a day, if it was raining like constantly throughout the day, uh, you know, at first about, you know, up to about lunchtime or something or so, you know, my feet would be dry. But then after lunchtime, then it was like all bets were off. Like eventually, uh, 
you know, those breathable areas and stuff would get so saturated with water that water would, you know, eventually get, uh, uh, make their way through, uh, the shoe. And that's why they're rated, you know, they're water resistant. They're not waterproof. Uh, so then when the X1, uh, boot came along, I thought I would give those a shot because they were waterproof boots. Uh, and, uh, I tried those. I tried them actually in two different sizes, uh, as an experiment as well, because uh, a lot of people, uh, were saying, with the original Yardware shoe that you should order, uh, you know, a size larger than you would normally wear. So if you wore like a size nine shoe, you'd want to order a size 10 for the Cujo Yardware shoe, uh, just to make them fit kind of, uh, uh, similarly, uh, and that was with the early run of them. They had since fixed them, uh, to make them more true to size. So now if you need a size nine, you just order a size nine and they fit, uh, perfectly well. Uh, so with the boot, a lot of people were wondering, and there was lots of questions about, you know, what size should I get? Uh, so when I initially tried a landscape boot, I got two pairs, um, in two different colors, I got the black and green ones, which are my favorite colorways for those. Uh, and I got those in a size nine. Uh, and uh, then I also got, um, I believe they're called like a Sahara sand or a desert sand color. Uh, very military looking uh, colorway. Uh, and I got those in a size eight. And I normally wear a size eight uh, sneaker. And I will say that the size eight boot, if you're looking at, uh, Cujo Yardware, uh, the X1 landscape boot for yourself, uh, that I would say they are, uh, just as advertised now, true to size. So, you know, a size eight fits a size eight exactly. Uh, so if I would say for the landscape boots, just, uh, uh, order exactly whatever size it is that you wear in a sneaker or boot or whatever you normally wear, that's the size you should get now, uh, with those, uh, landscape boots. But, uh, they've since released now this new, uh, uh, Cujo Jag model. Uh, so I was super excited about these because again, with the X1 boot, they were waterproof. They kept my feet dry, but they were a boot and, like I explained earlier, it doesn't matter what brand, uh, what style, what type of boot, I can only wear them for about a day. And then uh, my right foot starts giving me issues. My left foot, it's no issue at all. Super comfortable, no problems at all. But that right foot just does not like wearing boots. Uh, I don't know if it's just because boots tend to be a lot stiffer. They're not flexible. Uh, you know, uh, like our sneaker would be. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what the issue is. And uh, like I said, I tried, uh, I had uh, two sets of X1 boots in two different sizes, my normal size, as well as one size larger. Uh, and that was the other thing I wanted to, uh, to see besides, uh, you know, how they fit size-wise uh, in terms of whether they're accurate in size, but also for my own personal prefer, uh, uh, preference to see if getting that larger size, uh, one of the pairs in a larger size to see uh, if that would help with the issue of that right foot uh, cramping or having any sort of uh, uh, problems or anything. But uh, it didn't make a difference, uh, regardless of what size it is, whether it's the size eights that I wear, which is what I normally wear, or go up a size to a size nine. I'm fine the first day, halfway through the second day, I'm okay. And then by the afternoon, I start, uh, it just starts cramping up my right foot and does the same thing that every other boot that I've ever worn in my life does. And I just can't, uh, can't, uh, use them past that. So then I'm going back to the yard shoe because the yard shoe never gives me uh, an issue. But again, they aren't fully waterproof. So here where we're in the Pacific Northwest with all that rain, uh, then I'm always dealing with wet socks and wet feet uh, by the end of the day. So that's why I was so excited, super excited to see when they released those Cujo uh, Jags. Uh, just, uh, you know, uh, I guess they showed them off at... Um, uh, the last GIE Expo, or what's known now as uh, the Equip Expo. Uh, and uh, they showed those off uh, in two cool colorways. They got uh, a black with gray, uh, and also a gray with blue uh, trim on it. And uh, so I got the black uh, with the gray, so that sort of uh, matches my uniforms. And uh, that, uh, you know, you guys know how I love uh, to have my uniforms. Uh, so I got the black and gray. They arrived on Friday uh, after work, uh, when I came home from work and, uh, checked the mail, they were in the mail. 
So, uh, basically got to, uh, just look at them all weekend and then, uh, put them on this morning for their inaugural, uh, you know, uh, uh, time out, uh, posted some photos on Instagram, uh, this morning. If, uh, you had uh, checked it out, or I guess, uh, by the time you hear this, it would have been yesterday morning, uh, that you would have seen them on my Instagram, uh, some photos. Uh, so went out today doing some air raiding, uh, got them, uh, it was a great mix because, uh, it had rained really heavily, uh, in the morning, uh, throughout the night as well. So the grass was very long and wet, uh, when I was getting out there to aerate, got to try them out, uh, in terms of, uh, the waterproofness. So what's cool about these Jags, uh, is that basically they're like a hybrid type shoe. Uh, they are basically the Cujo Yardwear shoe uh, from the sort of sole uh, up uh, to about halfway up the shoe. And then they are a neoprene, uh, almost sock-like fit. If you've ever seen like high-end uh, soccer or uh in every other part of the world, football cleats, uh, European football um, cleats, soccer cleats uh, that uh, are like laceless and uh, they just uh, slip on. They form uh, to your foot. Uh, this is what uh, these new Cujo Jags are. So they're basically a neoprene, which is the same um material that uh, a diver's wetsuit or a dry suit would be uh, or um, like fishing waders. I've got actually a set of fishing waders that are uh, 100% neoprene uh, that uh, I put on uh, when I go out uh, salmon fishing here on the rivers here in British Columbia. We've got some uh, world-class spectacular salmon fishing, probably uh, very famously known for salmon fishing here uh uh, which is uh, no, uh, of course, no surprise being uh, in the Pacific Northwest and, you know, up and down the coast from uh, probably Washington State, British Columbia, and then up to Alaska, you know, you're going to have uh, world-class uh, salmon fishing. Uh, so uh, having, um, you know, some neoprene waders that I'm able to uh, uh, put those on, they basically look like a, a kid's onesie that you have, uh, but they're made out of all neoprene. And, uh, you know, I can go right into the river up to my chest and be completely completely dry uh, with them and uh, do my fishing. So it's really neat that uh, these uh, shoes incorporate that neoprene uh, without, you know, there's no laces on them or anything like that. They've got two big pull tabs, one on the back heel and one on the tongue of uh, the shoe. Uh, and basically, so you can stretch them open, you slip your foot in, you can use those pull tabs to put them on. They go on very easily. They come off very easily, but then they kind of are that nice, tight contour fit uh, to your shoe, uh, to your foot. Uh, and then they just feel like the Cujo Yardwear shoe, except now you're getting that, uh, you know, waterproofness uh, part of it. So for me, it's like, this is like the shoe meant for for the Pacific Northwest. And ironically, uh, I had discovered another shoe very similar, but it wasn't a work shoe. It was uh, just like an everyday, you know, sneaker type shoe uh, from a brand that's actually local to uh, the city where I'm from, Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh, there are a set of shoes called, uh, or a brand called Vessi, V-E-S-S-I. Uh, and uh, that's what all their shoes are. They're all these neoprene sneakers, uh, basically. And they make them specifically for the Pacific Northwest. Uh, that is like their target uh, when they started is because of all the rain that you can go out there. And, uh, you know, I think they're, 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 um, a little uh, motto or something is like, go ahead and puddle jump or whatever you want to do sort of thing, right? Because keep your feet dry, uh, that sort of thing. Because that's what their shoes are all about. They're just lightweight, 100% uh, waterproof sneakers uh, that you can wear. And, and basically, uh, they're just all neoprene uh, with the sole on them. And they're great. I uh, have had a pair now for a few months. They work fantastically. They keep my feet dry. I can go out for walks, uh you know, have my foot go through puddles, walk through wet grass. My feet always stay dry with them. The only issue with those, and I did think about using those for work, uh, but the only issue is that they're 100% neoprene on the outside. So I was like, 
they're great, but they probably won't last. And obviously, you know, if you wear a section out or something of them, then, um, you know, uh, you know, you're going to get a tear or something, then they're no longer waterproof. Uh, so uh, having that neoprene on the whole shoe isn't the greatest for uh, a work application. Uh, but uh, that's where the Kujo Yardwares are. Uh, the new Jags are fantastic because... They have that fit uh, of that neoprene. They've got that waterproofness of that neoprene. Uh, but then they have that yard shoe uh, bottom half going up uh, uh, with the you know the toe completely covered and partway up the shoe completely covered and stuff. So it's like the best. That's why I call it like a hybrid. It's like the best of uh, both worlds. And uh, after day one, uh, they are fantastic. Like I said, today, uh, so comfortable, just like uh, the yard shoe. Uh, but uh, kept my feet completely dry all day, uh, working through wet grass and muddy uh, locations and stuff. Uh, I'll post uh, a picture tomorrow or the day that you guys, uh, that this episode comes out. Uh, I'll put the, a picture of that on my Instagram showing uh, how dirty and stuff I got them uh, just on the first day, uh, just working through uh, wet grass and aerations and stuff. Uh, but yeah, so far, day one, uh, absolutely fantastic. So I'll keep you guys posted on those new Jags, but yeah, it's just something I've been completely excited about. Uh, and uh, just, um, you know, just throwing it out there. If you guys are interested in trying the Jags, of course, I have a discount code available. If you guys want to use that, you can head on over to Cujo.com, uh, K-U-J-O.com. There'll be a link also in the podcast show notes, I believe, for Cujo. Uh, and you can use... Um, discount code uh, LCBS10, Lawn Care Business Success 10, just abbreviated LCBS10, and you get 10% uh, off your order of uh, whatever uh, Cujo Yardware shoes uh, you want to try out. So uh, I think I'll just uh, take a quick uh, little break after that little mini review on uh, Cujo Yardware. And then I want to talk to you guys about uh, picking the right rig for your lawn care business. So stay tuned. Hey, Lenny Magnell here. As a product manager at Xmark, I'm focused on innovations that keep your mowers up and running so they'll be ready to roll whenever there's grass to be cut. Our new Tractus airless drive tires maximize the productivity and uptime performance of our Laser Z mowers. When combined with our semi-pneumatic front caster tires, Tractus eliminates flat tire-related downtime. When you've had enough of productivity-killing flat tires, it's time for Tractus. Learn more at xmark.com. So what is the best lawn mowing rig for your lawn care business? Is there a one size fits all that will work for every lawn care business? And of course, the answer is, of course not. There is no one size fits all. Uh, there are different uh, types of vehicles you can use. You could use uh, a pickup truck on its own, uh, the back of a pickup truck, of course. Um, you could use a van, a cargo van. You could use uh, a pickup truck with an open trailer, a pickup truck with an enclosed trailer. You could use a hybrid trailer. You could use uh, a dump truck type uh, of vehicle. Uh, you could use uh, one of those like cab over uh, trucks like, um, what are they, like um, uh, Isuzu type uh, box trucks. Uh, there's just so many different uh, types of vehicles. And uh, like I said, there's no one size fits all for those. Uh, so Try not to, because I see all the time where young guys are coming in or new guys are coming in, they think they have to get, uh, you know, the the biggest trailer or, uh, you know, uh, an enclosed trailer because they see uh, their favorite, like, YouTube landscaper using that or something like that. And, and the you know, it could be the furthest uh, thing from the truth. It all depends on your specific business and your geographic location, what you plan to carry, the types of tools you need for your specific business. And, uh, you know, a lot uh, to do with that and, and where you're working. I've talked a lot about uh, on this podcast about how, you know, uh, in my specific area, how the uh, geography is changing, how, you know, those older, larger homes that used to be very prevalent in areas um are now being sold off. And every time they do, once, you know, an owner maybe uh, retires or passes away or wants to downsize, whatever the case may be, once those larger properties uh, tend to go for sale, 
there's a really good chance that that house is going to be torn down. Uh, in fact, uh, here where I'm from, it's it's almost a joke at times uh, at just what they will tear down. Like there'll be houses that are only, um, you know, maybe 15 years old or so uh, that they have torn down, like perfectly good houses that they'll tear down and, and then just build whatever else they want or, you know, uh, subdivide the lot to be able to build uh, multiple houses uh, on it. Um, there is, um, you know, Actually, on my parents' uh, street, uh, where my parents have their house, uh, there is a couple of properties where, uh, like, my parents have, like, a normal standard uh, city-type lot, and most of the uh, block is all that. But there's a few houses that are on what they would call, like, a double lot, basically, like a two, what would have been a two-house standard city lot. And uh, one of the houses was... Uh, built a lot newer at least 10 or 15 years after my parents house was built Uh, and it was this very very uh, fancy house I remember growing up uh, seeing this house and just being like in awe of this house Um, a very nice family uh, lived there and it had um, this like you know like the curved driveway like the u-shaped driveway at the front that uh, you could you know, go in through one entrance and pull up and your car, <clears throat> there'd be like a covered entrance at the front door. Uh, something you'd see like some Hollywood mansion or something like that, uh, where they would like pull the car up and then the car's like right at the front door undercover. And then you'd get back in the car and then just drive out the other side of the U, uh, that sort of thing. And then all around the house was like this uh, covered area Um where they could park cars along the sides of the house all undercover. It was very, a very cool house, you know, and I, you know, growing up was like, man, that thing's like a mansion sort of thing, right? Um, and uh, it's just one of those things. And that house uh, recently in the last couple of years uh, sold. And uh, it was a house that was in fantastic shape. It was uh, still very uh, a relevant house and was torn down and five smaller houses put on that particular property. So, uh, you know, it just goes to show how things change. Uh, and, you know, that changes the scope uh, and can change the scope of your business. When I ch- started my business 17 years ago, you know, that landscape of uh, the types of houses that were being built and that sort of stuff are a lot different than what is being built today uh what is uh, predominantly being built today and it's all about uh uh you know density and building a lot more houses to try to keep the prices affordable for people to be able to buy houses when you know real estate is just uh out of reach for uh you know, most people, but when you have an area, uh, specifically here where I live on the West coast, where the weather is, yes, it's rainy, uh, and all that. Uh, but in terms of the rest of Canada, the weather is very mild, uh, particularly here, uh, on the coast, uh, portions. So you get a lot of people, uh, you know, m- every month, uh, moving to the region, uh, because, uh, you know, you got some pretty mild weathers. It's not, uh, you know, outside of uh, crazy weather events like heat domes and things like that that have happened, uh, just sporadically here and there. For the most part, most of the year, uh, you, you, you tend to know what you're getting. You're not dealing with crazy winter weather for months on end. You're not dealing with the crazy, uh, summer heat for months on end. It's little sporadic events here and there. But for the most part, it's mild. It's wet but it's mild. Uh, and, uh, a lot of people, uh, tend to, uh, uh, like that. So, uh, it becomes a very popular pace and, uh, that, uh, uh, you know, it tends to then cause the whole supply and demand issue with real estate. And that's, uh, sort of the predicament. So they build these smaller houses. So, you know, when I started my lawn care business, I get comments all the time on like YouTube videos and things like that. When people, uh, you know, uh, see my trailer, I've had comments from people saying, you know, you need to get yourself like a big, um, you know, such and such size uh, enclosed trailer or something like that. And it's like, no, 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 I don't. I need to, uh, I'm already, you know, with a small little trailer that I have, that sort of hybrid trailer 
um, that's already uh, becoming too big for me uh, for the neighborhoods that I'm starting to now uh, have to uh, deal with. Um, that parking's always an issue and all that. So it really does depend on your specific uh, location is is going to play a big part of uh, the rig uh, and setup uh, that you choose. You know, what I love to uh, have a, a large, you know, a truck, not that I don't have a large truck, I already have a large truck, but say a large enclosed trailer to go with that truck that I could keep the navigator in there and have uh, the walk behind mower and at one point have the like the star stand on mower in there and uh, have uh, the commercial 30 and a 21 and everything that I need in there and all that sort of stuff. You know, barring, uh, worrying about theft and all that, um, yeah, that would be great. Uh, when I, you know, before my trailer, uh, you know, the trailer that I do have got stolen, um, I was, uh, dealing, uh, with that. I just, I would keep my trailer fully stocked, so to speak, uh, with all of the tools and everything I needed. So, you know, if I needed to, prune trees or something like that. I had an extension pole, you know, uh, trimmer in there. I had uh, my combi systems with all the attachments. I had my mowers, uh, blowers. I had the ride-on mower in the back. Like, I had everything uh, in the trailer, everything in the truck, wheelbarrows and shovels and everything I needed was always loaded, always ready to go and never, you know, did anything until that trailer was stolen and that became an issue. So, now it's always empty, truck and trailer, and I only load up in the morning and I unload every night and I take just what I need for that day. So there's times uh, like today uh, where, you know, I get those walk up customers and, uh, you know, the customer asks me how much it's going to cost. I tell them and they say, well, you can mow it right now if you want. You know, I, you can get started right now. And I said, you know, unfortunately, I don't have mowers with me today because I'm out just aerating. I don't carry everything with me. Uh, so, you know, I'll be back uh, and I can do that first mow uh, when I'm back uh, to do uh, the mowing here on my uh, regular customer's property. And uh, we'll get started, uh, you know, that day. So not really an issue. It hasn't ever been an issue for me uh, since then. And uh, I kind of prefer not carrying all that stuff around because it's a lot of extra weight. Uh, But some guys do like having um, their trailer fully stocked with every mower for every situation or every tool for every situation. And it just completely depends on what you're doing here. You know, one of the most popular setups uh, that you're going to find here in the city in like Vancouver, British Columbia, and it's similar to what I've seen along the West Coast in certain cities, um, like San Francisco as well in California when I've gone there and visited relatives and stuff like that. And that is the pickup truck model, just the back of a pickup truck. Uh, and a lot of times that's just with using some wooden ramps, uh, 21 inch mowers, uh, you know, a trimmer blower. That is a hugely popular setup, uh, that you will see every day here, uh, on the West coast is just, uh, somebody with a pickup truck with a 21 inch mower or a couple of 21 inch mowers. Uh, Usually, uh, you'll see it'll be like, yeah, a lot of times it's a solo guy, but lots of times as well, it'll be two guys or three guys. Uh, but two guys is very popular. Uh, two mowers, trimmers, blower, all that sort of stuff in the back of a pickup truck with some, uh, you know, wooden ramps or something like that. Uh, so like so many, uh, very popular options here. Uh, the next, um, option of course is, uh, the open, uh, type of trailer, uh, that seems to be, uh, very popular for guys just starting out. Uh, that's one that I see particularly anytime I cross the border and head into the United States, into Washington state. Uh, and that I just see, uh, a lot of, um, open style landscape trailers, uh, tons of them, tons of, uh, lawn care companies that use that. Obviously it's an affordable option to start off with. There's a lot of affordable, uh, you know, uh, sort of setups uh, of those open trailers that you can get at places like tractor supply and stuff like that that'll have those uh you know types of trailers uh, that you can pick up inexpensively to get started a lot of guys will 
get into something like that uh, and then, uh, you know, expand uh, as time goes on uh, to getting, say, a bigger open trailer. That seems to be the the sort of route that I've seen the most is they'll start with a small uh, open trailer. Then uh, after uh, one season or so, then either quickly upgrading to uh, a second uh, uh, trailer. That's a uh, still an open trailer, but maybe heavier duty built um, a lot stronger, bigger tires, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, and then a much bigger trailer so that they can, you know, maybe load two mowers on it or whatever the case may be. And then from there, it seems that a lot of guys do like to go into uh, enclosed trailers after that. So, you know, some of the benefits, of course, of having an enclosed trailer is, uh, you know, not having your equipment uh, exposed to the elements uh, and uh, not having to necessarily have to unload and load equipment uh, each and every day. Some big advantages uh, there, of course, um, with an, an open trailer, you know, I have seen guys leave their equipment on there, particularly if you have things like equipment defender racks and stuff. And uh, again, um, if you guys are looking at things like racks uh, for equipment defender um, is one of the brands that I like. Uh, I do have the same discount code uh, for them. If you're looking at uh, purchasing those uh, LCBS 10 will get you 10% off uh, of your equipment defender orders. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you have something like that, you can leave, you know, equipment. I've seen guys leave equipment. I still probably would not leave equipment on the trailer, uh, even with like equipment defender type racks or, um, uh, green touch, the other brand uh, that makes those racks, uh, just simply because you're inviting trouble. A lot of, uh, you know, the, Guys that would be uh, trying to, uh, you know, target trailers, ripping off uh, equipment and stuff like that, they might not know that those are, you know, locking and all that sort of stuff. And and uh, it just invites trouble. It just, in, you know, if you're out there with your trailer in the middle of the night, uh, you know, parked in your driveway or, you know, in front of the street or whatever the case may be, and it's full of equipment, it's just inviting trouble to have uh, the equipment out there. Unfortunately, we live in a world where... Um, you know, people, uh, you can't leave, uh, that sort of stuff, uh, out there. There's always going to be somebody, uh, who's going to try and rain on your parade and, uh, you know, take advantage of the situation and, uh, you know, make way with, uh, all of your equipment. And I'm speaking, uh, of course, from experience, like I said, uh, in 2015, the summer of 2015, on a Saturday night, uh, or Saturday morning, early Saturday morning, um, you know, thieves made away with, uh, my trailer and, uh, the equipment and stuff because I left, uh, all the equipment in it. And, uh, you know, the trailer was recovered, uh, thankfully because it's a, a custom built trailer. Uh, it was recovered very quickly within a half an hour or so of, uh, the, tr the thieves, uh, stealing it. Uh, but, uh, by the time, uh, you know, the police were able to, uh, track them down and all that sort of stuff, uh, it had been cleaned out. Uh, you know, they stole everything, even the, uh, deep cycle battery that was in the trailer that made the hydraulics, uh, lift and lower, uh, you know, they stole that as well. So, um, you know, they'll take anything and everything, uh, you know, half, half empty cans of, uh, spray lubricant for the hedge trimmer blades. Like they cleaned out the trailer completely. So, you know, unfortunately we live in a world, uh, with, uh, people that uh, will do that. They'll target you, uh, and steal your stuff. So, you know, if you're going with something like a, a, um, you know, an open style trailer, then these are some of the, those things that you have to consider is where do you live? Is it a, an area where you can have that? Do you have, say, maybe a shop or an enclosed garage or something that you can pull that whole truck and trailer into at night? Well, then maybe a uh, open trailer is uh, something that uh, will work for you then. Maybe, um, you know, that's something that uh, uh, can uh, benefit you. One of the things I like about open trailers and having that sort of setup with, um, you know, say like equipment defender racks on the side or something like that is just being able to just, you know, kind of, you know, you pull up, um, you know, I tend to be, uh, pretty, um, 
you are cautious about theft. Um, so even before my trailer got stolen, when I was out mowing, I rarely ever leave my trailer door open, um, like the side door uh, that I have, sort of like the trimmers and blowers and that sort of stuff in uh, the 21-inch mower or 30-inch mower. I can fit all that stuff inside a, a sort of the side compartment door. And I will, you know, open it up, grab what I need, but then I always close it and lock it. The only time that I ever leave it open is when I'm doing a front yard only type lawn, uh, where, uh, you know, I'm just doing, um, you know, mowing and trimming and blowing of a front yard only. So I'm right there and, you know, I will leave the, the side door open, especially if it's, uh, if the parking is, um, in an area where say like there's a, you know, a lot of the houses I deal with are, uh, houses that have like, uh, the garage in the front of the house. Um, so there'll be a driveway right there at the front. So I'm pulling up and there's a driveway there. So if I can line up my parking so that my trailer door is on the driveway when I open it, uh, cause it opens up to the, the side there, then I'll leave it there because obviously, uh, if it, if, you know, the parking, is in, you know, if there's something in the way or something like that, and I have to pull forward where, you know, now that side door's on the, obviously the lawn, um, then obviously I can't leave the door open because I got to mow the lawn. So then, you know, I have to pull the equipment out, close the door, and then I can mow the lawn. But if I can line it up where that uh, door is on the driveway, then I can leave the door on the drive open on the driveway if I'm doing a front yard only. If I have to go to the backyard, I'm not leaving the doors open. I'm closing the door, I'm locking it. Uh, and then uh, going to the backyard uh, to do uh, any work that I'm doing. I'm not leaving, um, you know, my equipment exposed uh, to people because people are, uh, you know, a lot of times it's just a um, a theft of convenience that it's just an opportunity an opportunity that happens. Uh, there was a time many years ago as well, a Christmas, uh, where um, I had bought some new tools uh, and put them in my garage, uh, some tools that were on sale and stuff, and uh, decided to pick some tools up. And uh, it was roughly around Christmas time, like the week of Christmas or so, a lot of you know sales going on and things like that. And uh, my wife had some friends coming over for dinner and uh, they were going to meet us at our house and we happened to be out shopping or whatever. I can't remember what we were doing, but they were going to meet us at our house. So when we arrived home, they had already um, arrived at our house and were uh, just parked out front waiting for us to come home. And uh, so we, you know, came home and normally, you know, we open our garage door as we drive into the driveway, open the garage door, we pull the car in the garage and we, you know, like clockwork automatically hit the button and close the garage door behind us. And as we're, you know, getting out of the car, but because, you know, as we pulled in, my wife's friends got out of their car and they were on the street and they started walking up the driveway. You know, I thought it would, you know, kind of thought, well, it's rude to shut the garage door, uh, and then have them go around to the front door. Um, you know, we'll just leave the garage door open, we'll wait for them to come in, and then we'll, uh, you know, all go, you know, as a group through uh, the door that goes into the house that's inside the garage. So, you know, they came in, we ex- they, we exchanged our pleasantries and all that sort of stuff, and how the hell is it going, and all that sort of stuff, and talking and chatting, and, you know, I opened the door to the house, we go inside, and... Uh, you know, just through that, just through it being a different situation of not being the routine and, you know, being talking to friends and stuff like that, forgot to close the garage door. Uh, and, uh, you know, went inside the house and it was about an hour later that I just had this weird feeling and I got up off the couch and I went to the door that goes into the garage and I just opened the door and I looked in the garage and there was this other, um, large tool that I bought. I can't remember what it was. It was like a thickness planer or something like that for woodworking. And, uh, I hadn't opened the box yet. So it was still sitting in the box and it was kind of sitting in the middle of the garage. So when I opened the garage door, 
and I looked into the garage, I noticed obviously that the garage, the main garage door, the large overhead door that you drive through, um, was open. We did forget to close the garage. And, but that tool, one of the, you know, that biggest tool that I had just recently bought was right there, right? So I pressed the button, I closed the garage door, and I walk into the house. And uh, I went back in and I said, yeah, I left the garage door open. And I said, and I kind of jokingly said, you know, like, um, ironic that, uh, you know, in the middle of the city, I forgot to close the door and the brand new tool I bought is still sitting, uh, right there that nobody walked away with it. Ha 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 ha. And then, uh, we started, uh, you know, chatting some more and stuff. And then, uh, a few more minutes went by and then I just, just had this nagging feeling that I should go back to the garage. So I got up and I went back to the garage. I opened the garage door uh, again to look inside and, uh, you know, it all looked fine but then this time i decided to walk into the garage so i walked into the garage i walked like halfway into the garage and kind of looked around and it all looked fine and then i turned around to walk back into the house and against the wall that the uh door is on um is all this shelving that i have and i have a whole bunch of power tools uh, on the shelves cordless drills routers all this sort of stuff like a bunch of stuff and i turned and looked to walk back in the house and i'm now facing the shelves that uh, i couldn't see when i initially just opened the door and looked out into the garage and the shelves were bare all of my power tools were gone uh so it was just one of those things that just it's one of those times where uh you know it may be somebody walking by who you know they aren't planning on breaking into your garage and stealing your tools or stealing your trailer's tools or something but the temptation of walking by and seeing a garage door open and seeing tools on the wall was too great for somebody and uh they decided to make off uh, with those tools how they got a way with them um you know i figure it's probably you know thinking about it now uh, it's probably somebody driving by that you know saw the garage door open maybe pulled their car over because i always thought like how the heck would somebody walking by you know carry away all those tools well it's probably somebody driving by that happened then just pulled over and kind of you know walked up and investigated and saw you know nobody's and probably just took a bunch of the tools and loaded up their car and took off and unfortunately, you know, back in those days, no cameras, no things like that, uh, that uh, were very, uh, you know, sort of something you'd have on your house. But my point being, you know, on a trailer, it's just one of those things where, you know, if you have those tools exposed and all that stuff, it could just be inviting somebody for, you know, a crime of opportunity that that's sitting there that uh, they can uh, look at it and plan, especially if it's at your house where it's there all the time. Uh, you know, when my trailer was stolen and I finally, you know, when it was stolen in 2015, I did have security cameras uh, on my house. So I was able to, you know, go back through the footage through the whole night to see who stole it. But what I discovered was that, uh, you know, it wasn't a quick thing uh, that I initially thought. Once I reviewed all the hours of footage, I noticed that they had come actually to the house uh, three or four times throughout that night. Um several hours apart so you know they initially started coming around you know midnight that sort of stuff uh, and noticed the trailer uh, came and investigated then they left then they came back uh, you know an hour or so later had some tools with them uh, started working on locks and things had some trouble you know left came back again and, and every time they came they were on foot uh, and then they came back again and you know this repeated time and time again with them going back and getting more tools to uh, be able to cut locks and all that sort of stuff and they did this over and over again until finally uh, you know they freed the trailer uh, from the back of the truck cut off all the locks and got it in sort of a ready position and then they left again and then they came back the fourth time but this time they came in a pickup truck uh, and uh, you know drove into my neighbor's uh, driveway uh, kind of backed in sideways and then uh, one guy jumped out and uh, 
was able to uh, then um, turn my trailer sideways and all the stuff because they had prepped it and got it all ready uh, with all the uh, earlier visits uh, to go out and steal. So, you know, if you have an open trailer sitting there in front of your house, you know, you, you know, it may not get uh, stolen that first time, but just because it's there, you know, somebody walking by can look at it and just casually be pretending that they're going for a walk and looking at it and then, uh, you know, kind of seeing how your setup is, how your locks are, all that sort of stuff and kind of work on it slowly, uh, you know, uh, and gathering intel, so to speak. Uh, to be able to target it and steal it. So it's just one of those things, uh, you know, every situation is going to be different. So, you know, pluses and minuses, uh, you know, for enclosed trailers, uh, of course, uh, being able to have that um, out of sight, out of mind, people don't see what's inside of it. Uh, that can help uh, as a security sort of uh, a factor. Uh, one of the downsides uh, with those types of trailers with uh, enclosed trailers, of course, is that, um, you know, they tend to be larger uh, to start, uh, but also they tend to be wood construction, uh, which uh, makes them uh, a little bit uh, not as secure in my mind, even though they're all closed up and, you know, ramp doors and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, you got to do a lot to them to uh, uh, protect them because they're basically just plywood uh, sides and stuff, right? So, uh, you know, they have some tin on the outside to make them pretty looking and all that sort of stuff. But uh, generally, it's just, um, you know, plywood uh on top of a, a regular like a uh, trailer frame so um uh, but again you know depending on where you're at depending on uh, the situation and what you're looking to get there can be some benefits one of the you know one of the times that i always think about an enclosed trailer or, or how, when an enclosed trailer would be good is uh every time i have to go to the washroom uh you know if i have you know uh, of course, trying to drink and all that stuff uh, and uh, suffering through gout and all that stuff sort of things, you know, uh, hydration and all that is super important. Uh, but uh, hydration obviously leads to having to go to the washroom uh, and, uh, you know, uh, relieve yourself. Uh, so having an enclosed trailer is one of those things where it'd be like, man, that'd be just so convenient to be able to just let me go in the trailer, open the door, close the door. You're in privacy there uh, and you can, uh, you know, relieve yourself in uh, a container or whatever you you know a porta potty whatever the case may be uh, you could have that in there and uh, that could be uh, you know just a, an advantage uh, to have uh, and also saves a lot of downtime especially if you have employees and stuff like that you don't have to you know drive them to um, gas stations and things like that if you have a you know a washroom or something like that you could have built into uh, a trailer you could have a uh, you know, goes as far, you know, as, as easy as a, a small container that people use to a porta potty, uh, to having like an RV setup where there's an actual, you know, uh, flushing toilet with a gray tank and, you know, a fresh tank and a black tank, uh, that uh, collect and you can dump out sort of thing. I'm, I'm you know, pretty positive. You could probably uh, find enclosed trailers that would have a, a setup like that, uh, on them if you looked hard enough. Uh, so, you know, just so many uh, different um, options, of course, than, uh, you know, going to, uh, you know, in Europe, uh, if you look at uh, lawn care uh, companies in Europe, very popular is the vans, uh, some enclosed cargo vans, the Ford Transit vans are hugely popular. And they're starting to get uh, popular here in North America as well, especially in areas like uh, where I live, where it's, uh, you know, uh, those uh, dense cities, small neighborhoods and all this sort of stuff, because it's like a hybrid. It's like your pickup truck, uh, but with uh, an enclosed trailer all in one unit. So you have that um, a little bit more security with uh, being metal sides and stuff. But of course, uh, you know, um, and you can get like, uh, uh, what do they call it? Um like a wall or partition put between the seats and the back to secure those. And then there's um, different ways to secure uh, or add extra locks to the doors and stuff to make it a little bit, uh, you know, more secure in that sense. And then, you know, you could have it uh, open up where you have uh, ramps and stuff and have, uh, you know, equipment defender type uh, uh, racks and stuff on the inside to be able to put uh, your trimmers and all that stuff easily accessible there. Uh, and uh, sort of have, uh, you know, that sort of setup. Uh, lots of different options. Uh, you know, uh, are you um, needing to take uh, bag clippings? Uh, are you have, do you have to take clippings away with yourself? 
Are you just side discharging? Are you, are you mulching? Well, then that makes it a lot easier to do uh, that sort of a smaller, more compact setup, uh, like a pickup truck, uh, you know, using the back bed of a pickup truck if you don't have to take clippings away. Or if you're like me, I still bag lawns, but I don't need to take clippings away. So, you know, a small setup like that uh, would still work with me, whether it's like a cargo van or uh, a pickup truck, uh, you know, type of a setup without a trailer, trailerless setup. You know, throw something like one of those Mongo system wraps on the back of a truck and, uh, you know, away you go. You've got uh, now a great uh, little compact uh, unit uh, to be able to use. Uh, so lots of different considerations. There's not one size fits all when it comes to uh, the rig. Uh, you basically have to uh, tailor it. You have to ask your question, uh, yourself questions on what it is you want out of your business you know, what types of equipment do you need on a daily basis uh, to get by? Can you get by with different uh, types of equipment? Like, for example, uh, with my trailer setup, because it is smaller, most of the lawns that I do are the, you know, those smaller dense city lots. So I'm using that commercial 30. I'm using that, um, you know, uh, you know, a 21 inch mower for most of the years that I worked until I switched to the commercial 30. I can get my trimmers and blowers inside that side compartment. And then, you know, with my trailer, it's like a, it's a custom built trailer. It's like a hybrid. It's got a, you know, equipment, uh, front area, uh, enclosed area in the front, but then it's got that open back, uh, dump area, a hydraulic dump, right? So I can use that for gravel and dirt and bark mulch or whatever I want. It's got a hydraulic dump on the back, but I can also, once I converted those uh, rear doors, uh, to sort of, uh, the ramp doors that, uh, can switch from regular sort of barn doors to ramp doors, you know, I can also use that for putting a piece of equipment on there. So, you know, Throughout the years, I've adapted to that to be able to say, hey, uh, you know, I can uh, adjust my roots. I've been working on root density. My your houses are all so close together that it really doesn't matter, you know, Yes, of course, you know, you have, you try to get to, you know, if you've got two houses on the same block or three houses on the same block or whatever the case may be, you want to do those on the same day. Uh, but because uh, of that flexibility of root density, I can sometimes take, you know, a house if there's like one bigger property that would be better suited to using a bigger mower uh, that day, I can mix and match. I can take all my small properties like I do on Wednesdays, where it's just push mow only and put them all together and still have great root density and just pick and choose all the big properties out of those uh, clients and uh, put them on different days so that uh, you know, it's a day where I'm loading uh, a bigger mower on the back of the uh, truck uh, or back of the trailer uh, for that uh, particular, uh, you know, uh, day, depending on uh, what I'm using. Uh, so, you know, I can throw uh, something like uh, the Xmark Navigator on the back or the 36-inch Turf Tracer, but I can only take one. So it depends on uh, what I'm doing uh, that day. Initially, when I had that... Um, uh, star stand on more. Uh, I was doing a lot of 21 inch, uh, type, you know, mows. So the 30, um, uh, the Starus uh, 32 was, a, you know, a good step up from, uh, the 21 inch mower. But once I started using the commercial 30, uh, because those push mow jobs are still the most prominent, uh, types of jobs that I do, the commercial 30 was a massive upgrade for me, uh, in using. And then because I had that, uh, and a lot of houses I can't get the stars into, uh, not because the gates are small or anything like that, but they will have like a stair or two stairs or something like that. And I can get the commercial 30 uh, back there, but I can't get the stars back there. And being, you know, if I'm using the 30 as my prominent more, it was kind of... Um, you know, not as much of an upgrade to take the 32 uh, with me too when I'm already using a 30. So it was more advantageous to have a bigger mower with me uh, on those days, the 36 uh, inch more. So I was, you know, using that predominantly. Uh, and then uh, this fall, I added that 42 inch navigator uh, for, uh, you know, leaf cleanups and all that sort of stuff. And, and, you know, those bigger properties, uh, when I need to, uh, really bag those as well, uh, through that heavy spring growth and all that sort of stuff. So it made, uh, you know, it makes a lot more sense, but I can only pick the one mower to use 
because of my trailer, uh, because I can always fit the 30 in that front compartment. But for the back, for a larger mower, it's either the 36 now or the 42 that I'll take uh, with me. Um, you know, to make because I've already got a 30. So uh, having that next bigger size uh, is the best uh, sort of option for me uh, to fit uh, whatever I can get. Now that 42 Navigator, that's about the biggest mower I can fit in the back there. And partly because uh, it has that uh, folding up deck uh, that I can fold it up there and get it to fit in the back and close the doors. If if that deck didn't fold out, uh, then I wouldn't be able to fit that more uh, back there. Um, the 36 inch uh, walk behind, uh, it, it fits in there lengthwise uh, just perfectly. It's got a little bit of room to spare, but it's pretty close to being uh, the length of uh, the inside of that back sort of dump compartment uh, of the trailer. Uh, so as you can see, like the trailers, it, all depends. But for me, in those neighborhoods, that trailer is already sometimes a, a large pain. Uh, sometimes I'm having to circle the block and uh, drive around because there, you know, there's only one specific spot that I might be able to fit in. There's a lot of times where I got a parallel park uh, with that trailer attached. And that's a, you know, uh, quite the uh, challenge to do uh, if you've never done it before. After a bunch of years, I'm I'm pretty good at parallel parking uh, with the trailer attached, um, but uh, it's just one of those things. And it, then again, it limits you know on those days. Uh, if I'm parallel parking, you know, in a spot like that because there's a car behind and I can just fit my truck and trailer, that also means that I can't put that ramp down uh, to get a big mower out. Uh, so I'm limited to using just that side uh, door. And the same would it would be the same case for me with say an enclosed trailer uh, where, you know, you're relying on that, um, you know, that back uh, ramp door in a lot of cases where an open trailer, you know, might be a lot uh, easier uh, to be able to uh, maneuver some. Uh, although a lot of uh, enclosed trailers do have uh, side doors and uh, even some of those uh, um, uh, open trailers. I've seen some that have a side ramp uh, as well. So there's a lot of different configurations. And, and you know, I guess we're circling back to this, the, the whole point that there's just so many different options. Uh, and it just completely depends on your business. And the whole point of it is to, you know, really think through all the different scenarios. Don't worry about what you see other people doing, I guess, is my whole point. Uh, because, it may not work for you. Uh, you have to think every business is different. And it's the same reason why, you know, you fall into a trap of asking, you know, how much, uh, you know, worrying about what other people are charging. I always get those questions like, what would you charge for this? What would you charge for this uh, from other landscape guys? And it's like, it doesn't matter what I would charge because my business is different. So it doesn't matter what trailer I use because I use it specifically for my specific business in the neighborhoods and the clients that I work for. In my area where I work, if I was doing commercial work, then I could go and do a bigger trailer. I could do an enclosed larger trailer if I didn't have to deal with residential properties. Um, then, you know, if I was just going and doing commercial properties and doing, you know, mall parking lots and uh, banks and all that sort of stuff, and I could pull up uh, with an enclosed trailer and not worry about it, that would be fine. If I was doing uh, sublet work uh, as like an independent contractor uh, for the city and doing the parks and stuff, which they do a lot of, uh then, you know, I wouldn't have to worry about uh, my little trailer. I would be focusing in on uh, a bigger trailer, whether it was like a, a large, uh, which I see is very popular with uh, the companies that do do the sort of the uh, sublet work for the city and in parks, they'll have like large open trailers where they can have like two 60 inch mowers, uh, you know, parked in front of each other on the trailer so that they can go and knock out those uh, large properties like that. So, you know, it really depends on what type of work you're targeting, uh, the, you know, areas that you're going to have to uh, uh, maneuver that vehicle in, where you're going to store that uh, rig at night, if it's going to be on the street, if it's going to be on your driveway, or whether it's locked up inside a shop or a large garage where you can fit that truck and trailer uh, in there, or you're going to unhook it and just, you know, I've seen guys just back the, the 
work trailer loaded up in the garage and then unhook it every day and then close the garage door. And so it's, you know, all the tools and stuff are locked in there. So many different scenarios. But the point is that not there is not one size fits all, one type of rig that will work for every uh, type of business. Every business is different and uh, you basically have to, um, you know, think for yourself. Uh, you know, when I was uh, interviewing, um, I believe it was Quiet Lawn uh, and he was doing the battery powered stuff uh, and he was talking about how, you know, they were transitioning to Toyota Priuses uh, with a custom rack on the back uh, to fit their battery powered mowers on the back of the uh, Prius. They would carry the uh, trimmers and blowers in the back of the uh, all battery powered equipment in the back hatchback of the Prius. And that's what was working for them. That's what they, uh, you know, had going on uh, for them. Um, you know, there's another uh, battery powered uh, uh, little company that works uh, in the neighborhoods I see all the time. Um, you know, they started out with a little smart car, one of those, uh, you know, smart for two type cars uh, with this little tiny tiny enclosed trailer with their battery operated equipment in that they've since gone to a little uh bmw i3 a little electric car pulling uh that uh, elect uh, little tiny trailer with all their batteries so they're like 100 battery powered from transportation to mowing and all that sort of stuff uh is enclosed that's what works for them that's what uh you know they have uh, adapted to over the years and they target only those tiniest of tiniest those shoebox homes that i talk about that's what they're targeting uh is those types of properties they're not doing you know the big costco parking lots or the mall or the banks and stuff like that they're just doing those really tiny little houses so you know that rig what you decide whether you want to work out of the back of your pickup truck whether you want to have a, a pickup you know a ford f-350 with a you know 20 foot enclosed trailer, whether you want to have a, you know, seven by 14 or five by 10, you know, open trailer, um, you know, there is no right or wrong answer. Um, you just gotta, you know, start somewhere, think about those different scenarios, think about what makes what's comfortable for you in terms of where it's going to be parked, those areas and neighborhoods you're going to be working in, the types of properties, the sizes of properties that you're going to be working, the types of equipment you need to carry on, uh, you know, that rig, uh, to, to, uh, transport around and, uh, go from there. And, uh, you know, it's okay to start, uh, you know, small, you know, depending on your budget and uh, build up to those next stages. You know, a lot of guys do it, uh, doing it that way. Start off with, uh, you know, some Harbor Freight or something type of a trailer. And then, uh, you know, a couple of years, upgrade it and uh, slowly adapt as you see how your needs evolve, the types of uh, work that you're going to do. So uh, that's it for this one, guys. Here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now.